0: Hello, what's up, what's up? Welcome to a bonus episode of The one Inch Barrier. I am your host, Juan Carlos Ohana, and I hope you're all staying safe and staying healthy. All right, so we have reached the end of the 2020 retrospective where we talk about the films that were nominated for international feature film alongside Another Round, which won. So we have already discussed Better Days from Hong Kong, Collective from Romania, and The Man Sold His Skin from Tunisia. So, one film left. We are going to talk about Bosnia and Herzegovina's official submission for Best International Feature Film at the 93rd Academy Awards. Of course, I'm talking about Kovarys Aida, or it literally translates to Where Are You Going, Aida? So this film is co-produced, written, and directed by Yazby So, for a quick summary of the film, this is about a UN translator named Aida who is working during the... Um, Takeover of serbian troops at a town of um Srebrenica, and she is trying to save her family two sons and husband um trying to shield them from what she feels is a tragedy in the making um but things don't work out as the way she wants it to and um yeah this film is a dramatization of the events of the Serbian Massacre oh well that is a quick summary of Quo Vadis Aida so our guest for this episode is from the United States you've already heard them in the 1973 episode where we discussed Day for Night and the other nominees that was a great discussion a very colorful um, behind the scenes story which I will tell in the final final episode um our guest is a film critic and you have already heard them uh, you uh, you can find their work um in from the front row and in review online and i'm so happy to have him back so please welcome matthew lucas hi matthew thank you so much for coming back
1: hi thanks for having me back i'm glad to be here
0: yes the 1973 episode is it was a great episode and i wanted to have you on and um i was thinking of a film and did it suggest this to film to you I mean, did I suggest that you that that we discuss it or did I let you choose from other films?
1: Oh, no, you did not let me choose.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Secret unveiled. Um, But thank you again. And can you tell our listeners where can they find you on the internet?
1: Yeah, you can find me at Matthew underscore Lucas uh, on Twitter, or you can read my work at fromthefrontrow.net or inreviewonline.com.
0: There you go. So, um, yeah, I remember now um I specifically wanted you to have to be on this episode. I forgot why, but yeah, I do um, so I know you've seen it um I forgot what were your thoughts initially in the film, but I want to know your thoughts now. um, I know this is a rewatch um. So I would like to ask first, I would add, I would like to ask, what was your first reaction? And did anything change in this rewatch? Uh
1: it's interesting watching it again. I watched it again last night, and watching it again in light of the current war that's going on in Ukraine kind of cast it in a different light, even though you know it's not a Ukrainian film. It's not about this particular uh conflict. But um, you know, it, it is interesting seeing the parallels of uh, just uh, a civilian on the ground uh, dealing with an invasion and how that uh, affects her personal life. Um, and this was my favorite of the nominees that I saw for Best International Film last year. I did not see Better Days or The Man Who Sold His Skin. Um, but I, th- I think this is a fantastic film. The lead actress, um, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, Jasna Duricich.
0: Yes. Uh,
1: I thought she was absolutely incredible and i voted for her and all my critics groups for best actress this past year since it's technically a for most of my critics groups it was eligible for 2021 voting uh, because of last year's kind of strange academy calendar it was last year's nominee um but eligible for everybody else for this year for the most part um i think it's an incredible performance um you've got this woman going through this Sisyphean struggle to save her family, while also trying to perform her duties as a UN translator. Um, And this is during the Serbian invasion of Bosnia. And, you know, it's just such a harrowing experience, you're almost watching this in real time. And yeah, it struck me again last night, watching this in light of, you know, another invasion into a country in that kind of Balkan area, where you feel like you are in it with her and you're on the ground. It's almost happening in real time and she's running from place to place. It's almost exhausting to watch. Yes. But yeah, I think it's incredible. I think it's a a great film centered around a great performance.
0: I would agree. I was, I was already, I I was already scared. Of doing this retrospective because I knew things would lead to Kuvaya Zaida. I remember the first time I watched it. I it was very much anticipating it because, Um uh, there were only there was a time when only a few people saw it, because when it was making the rounds for festival rounds, but the people who saw it were raving about it, so that that was terrifying. Um, and then I remember when I saw it, I think around March of twenty twenty one. Um, I was not able to watch anything else after that film. I watched it in the afternoon. I just laid in bed after it was emotionally I don't know- p- paralyzing probably is the right word um and going into this retrospective, it terrified me, knowing that I would <laughs> uh redo that thing but um. This episode will be out away around May, but we're recording this last week of February, and currently, uh, um, Russia is invading Ukraine, and um, that made this watching this film even scarier. Um, what is also happening in my country? We are having an elections where the former dictator's son is the front runner. the former dictator has done lots of massacres in my country as well. So lots of like um, outside the film context like starting to worry <laughs> on me. But going just on a film level, uh, I'm just going to say, I think it's a perfect film for me. <laughs> um, it is very powerful because it knew what to show. It knew what to not show. It knew... Um, where to put the perspective of the film? It, using a translator being like the middle person for everyone is involved and not involved. I think it's a very strategic uh, choice in a perspective that gives us um, more of an. She is both immersed and detached at the same time. That gives us a perspective that almost feels like omniscient in a way. Um, and because of that perspective, it. The horrors of the whole massacre, just comes to life, and that's terrifying. And I also felt, in as much as it's hard to watch, I felt the respect for the people, um, and almost every character have has their own character moments that make them real, mm-hmm. as opposed to. Um, characters that just throw lines um and i i, I am stunned I, I am stunned and uh talking about just trying to remember the film brings me back to the feeling of i this is gonna this is gonna get it's gonna go bad but you're always hoping that it would sh- w- sh- um aida would somehow find way to make things and she does her very best and that almost real-time thing makes it even more urgent um why do you think this how how do you think this film pulled it off that power that how did it realize its um impact because um we're both on the same side that this is this is powerful stuff
1: you know i've seen it um compared to movies like schindler's list or Mm -hmm. hotel rwanda um but the film it actually reminds me the most of is son of saul Mm -hmm. which wow is actually not a film that i love i like quovata saida a lot more um but uh i I love that it is not sentimentalized in any way you know it's it's just very matter-of-fact I hesitate to use the word gritty, but you know, there's a grimness to it. There's, there's the inevitability of the tragedy that happens at the end. And, you know, because she is, you know, she's rushing from place to place. She's always on the move, um, which is kind of harkens back to the title, uh, which translates to where are you going, Aida, because she is, she's always moving. She's moving from one room to another. She's chasing down the UN commanders and she's trying to perform her duty, which is translates um, between the invaders and the UN. And also she's trying to rescue her family against all odds at the same time. So she's being pulled in so many different directions. Um, And I think that just adds to what makes it so harrowing is because the ultimate goal is to save her family, but she constantly has to put that aside in order to perform these other duties, which could potentially save others uh, around uh, the UN base. Um, and ultimately, she's not really able to do either, which I think um, kind of compounds the tragedy.
0: You know, I, that is such a striking comparison it did with Son of Saul. Um, in a way, they're... The perspective is both kind of similar. Um, Aida is a translator, so she has some sort of shield, but not really. Same thing with Saul. He is a Sunday Commando, so he is not yet killed, but he will be. So he ha- he's buying time. And both of these characters are just buying time, literally and figuratively, to save... With, with Saul, it's himself. Um, and the kid that he thinks is his son and um, Aida is his, her sons <laughs> um, <clears throat> I, I also love the fact that you said it's not sentimentalized um, the films that you mentioned were very powerful films but I also acknowledge the fact that the film kind of really does its best to milk the emotional potential of those moments and um, Kovades Aida makes it feel raw also not really it makes it very immediate with its stylistic choices um, but since it's not sentimentalized what do you think of that one flashback scene where better times and that happens kind of early on and how do you think that fits into the matter of fact storytelling of Aida Oh Kovades Aida sorry
1: and I don't think that it makes it feel sentimental in any way because it, it, it allows us the audience to kind of see the world that they lost, which is something that, you know, especially for an audience that exists outside of Bosnia, it it, it kind of shows what life was like there before. So, yeah, you're seeing happier times, you're seeing simpler times, but I think it also connects to the final scene. Um after the war is over and the two sides are kind of coexisting in this elementary school auditorium watching this performance happen. Um and I, I love this scene because again, it, it's not a sentimentalized moment of you're seeing people that you have seen on both sides of the conflict. Um doing terrible things. And then suddenly they're just in this elementary school gym watching these children perform a play. And, and you kind of see like the, the, there's no dialogue at all in that scene. You, you just, you start to see in their faces, the weight of what they've done and what they've experienced starting to weigh on them um, in a very powerful way. And so I think having that flashback moment um, allows us to connect to what was going on before um, the conflict began.
0: I agree. It's, it adds to the sense of loss. Mm. Um, and to the... It also adds to the human side of the the town. Because we don't just see them... On the verge of death. but, Which would have been powerful anyways. But these are people who... Did not have to go through that because they had a life that's not that um i it's, I just had like it's not a light bulb it's more like a stupid moment um when they were dancing in the nineteen ninety five flashback sequence was it in the auditorium?
1: I don't remember I'm not sure
0: um because you know the kids were dancing in that school auditorium
1: mm.
0: at the end. And that auditorium also appears in the climax. Um, I'm not sure if I'm having like a, br- a brilliant moment or maybe not. But you know that connection of dance, and I don't know trying the dance in the isn't the, the auditorium segment. where
1: the massacre happens? Is that what you're asking? Yes,
0: uh, yes. The men were brought.
1: Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. It's
0: them. so it's it's where they dance also in '95.
1: Yeah, okay. I didn't make that connection, but that makes sense.
0: I think I made that connection. I'm not. I'm not sure, <laughs> um, but you know, um, that it makes the ending also more powerful. Um, no spoilers, but you know, the, the ending also is like I said, kids dancing, but because of what preceded and because of that flashback, we now understand how they got to that ending. It's no longer... Like even these are kids who do didn't know what happened. It's like there are people who didn't know, there are people who were complicit, but there are people who remembers, and that's the push and pull of, um, the normal cycle of human beings forgetting what happened and the people who have been through that remembering, and what is it gonna be? And that is one of the challenges of, you know, us as, as people is that, um. We have a tendency, for example, to just forget and um, try to move on or maybe intentionally try to erase any sense of culpability. But with this film, there is that conflict by the end that remains within the characters. That is very powerful, I think. And also the inevitability inevitability that you said. Um, it, it brought me to the edge of my seat. And... Uh, It's not that the film was trying to amp up the action. No, not really. It was really just more on um, moving with her. You know, that pacing of just moving with her and going through the cycles of failed... (laughs) It's too much, but... um, How how do you think that... uh, I'm not, I'm not I'm not sure if it's structure but that choice of making it as real time as possible um do you think that was the best choice moving forward for the film or was it something that because you know sometimes I go through films and I'm like um I'm not I'm not 100% sold on the choice of storytelling with this one what do you think of that um almost real-time thing, and how do you think that impacted?
1: I think it definitely makes it more intense. Um, mm-hmm. I, like you said, just being on the edge of your seat the whole time, I think it really helps put you in her shoes. Um, so where you are following her almost in real time, I think really amps up the tension a lot. Um, and for the most part, we do stick with her. There's that the one scene that takes us where um, some of the civilians are brought to the Serbian general to negotiate, quote unquote, um, for um, getting the civilians out peacefully, um, which we know by the end that they are basically fooled. Um, but that's, that's really the only time we are separated from Aida. And I, I think that that, um, I like that for the most part, we stick with her. I think that's an important scene to have to kind of illustrate where the other side is coming from in that moment. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that it just it makes it that much more intense and that much more um, it kind of puts the audience in her shoes a little bit because, you know we feel that desperation uh, much more palpably, I think, because it is such a real time kind of thing
0: yeah the 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 stakes are much higher because we see we almost see everything that had it's like the the nuts and the bolts of the quote unquote negotiations and the trying to save the family and you know the u n being indecisive or i'm
1: pissed <laughs>
0: i'm pissed with <laughs> with the u n oops but you know the yeah <laughs>
1: No, yeah, I think that that you know it, it really kind of illustrates the the toothlessness of the UN in that moment. You know, it's almost like they're not even armed. Um, they're they're there as peacekeepers, but they really have no way of countering um, the incoming invasion.
0: Yeah, and the toothlessness almost feels that de- it feels deliberate. Um, it's it very it, it's them playing safe. Um I we we have already discussed how Aida is such a such a fascinating character with a fascinating performance because she of the place that she had that she is in in that story but um how do you feel about the characters both of the UN soldiers and the Serbian troops um because these are side characters which could have um which Could be easily dismissed as one thing or the other. Mm. How do you think? What do you think of how the film directed? uh, Used these characters.
1: It's it's interesting, especially with the UN commanders. You know, they they seem, they are presented in such a way that feels very authoritative and very masculine and very in charge. But in they they really are not. (laughs) They really have no power in the situation at all. Um, and I think that's kind of an interesting justification of how they present themselves versus the power that they actually have, which is none. Um, and you know, the, the Serbian general comes across as very charismatic. Um, but in the end, we know that, 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 that kind of charm that he puts on is, is very much a front. Um, the, the characters that are most interesting to me on the Serbian side are the, the the foot soldiers that come in and inspect the base um, looking for soldiers because the UN says there's only civilians in here and they say we we think that there's soldiers in there so they're going to come in and inspect everything um, and that's such an intense scene because you keep waiting on them to either find someone they think is a soldier or to I guess be more violent than they turn out to be you know there's the moment when they they find the baby and you're like oh what are they going to do to the baby and you know nothing as it turns out but the, there is that moment of compassion where they're like why does no one in here have any food um, and then they want to feed the people that are inside the base so there there is that conflict of um, kind of keeping the audience wondering who who are the bad guys and who are the good guys and you know it it, it becomes much more obvious as the film goes along but um I, I like that that is the character you again see there at the end in the um in the auditorium with the children. He was the one that was in there inspecting and you know he I also like that Aida sees some of the Serbian soldiers that she taught in high school. And you see kind of how connected these people were and how they they did at one point live harmoniously and suddenly they're just not. Um, and the, the movie does not go into the politics of what happened there. It, it, it's more about just how people who were once friends and neighbors are suddenly killing each other. And then reunite at the end, as if everything is okay. But they know deep down it's not because they've they've done some really terrible things. And um, there are, it was almost nine thousand people were slaughtered, right there during that invasion. You know, and it's, it, it just weighs so heavily there at the end. And I think it's a really beautiful moment.
0: Did you ever think that the UN soldiers or the Serbian troops, were? characters that are two-dimensional
1: I don't necessarily think they're two-dimensional I mean they they are supporting players and you, you, you you feel like at times the UN soldiers want to do more than they can but they're so devoted to the specific duty um that their orders that they cannot break out of this this shackles that have been put on them by people who are above them so you know they're almost pawns in this this game that's being played by larger powers and you know even if they wanted to help they feel like they can't and and i think that's one thing that's so frustrating for Aida is she is looking for a moment of humanity in these people and they're not giving that to her because all they are able to connect with is their orders or their duty in that moment and they they can't they keep telling her that's impossible we can't do that it's against the rules well why you know who's gonna know <laughs> that you saved these two extra people um you know it, it just uh it, it, it's almost like a kafka-esque nightmare that they're stuck in it's like this bureaucracy that cannot see the humanity of the people that they are there supposedly to help.
0: Hey, what's up? Thank you for listening to this preview of this bonus episode. If you want to hear more, please head to patreon.com slash the one inch barrier for only $4 a month. Not only do you have full access to bonus episodes, but you also get early access to regular episodes. Again, thank you so much. And together, let's break the one-inch barrier.